there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. We've been looking at the capacity of God's presence and we discovered that his presence is creative. Somebody say his presence is creative. Number two, we looked at his presence as being the key that unlocks provision. So somebody say, his presence unlocks provision. And so today we want to look at three, the capacity of God's presence, or number three, which is the, the presence of God turns around barrenness. The presence of God turns around barrenness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. Speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when God created living things, when you study the book of Genesis, he puts in them the ability to reproduce. When God created man, when God created um, living creatures in the book of Genesis, you, we see that God puts within these living creatures the ability to reproduce. He commanded the earth to bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind whose seed is in itself. And then God created aquatic creatures. He created the fish, he created the whales, the sharks, dolphins, giant squid, octopuses, and all these creatures which are in the sea. And then God created every living thing that moves and every winged bird according to their kind. And then the Bible says, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. The reason why he commanded them to be fruitful and to multiply is because he had already put a seed in them for them to be fruitful. And then God went a step further in verse 27 of, uh, of Genesis um, chapter 1, verse 27 to 29. He created man in his own image, male and female. And then he blessed them and he said to them, do what? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So the ability to be fruitful is in every living creature that God created. The ability to be fruitful is deeply embedded in man. Man has the ability to reproduce. Man has the ability to give birth to something that looks like him. However, ladies and gentlemen, not everyone is fruitful. Many people are struggling to bear fruit. And when I talk about fruitfulness, I'm not just limiting it to the fruit of the womb. You can be barren in many other areas of your life. You can have 100 children and you're barren financially, isn't it? So we see a lot of barrenness. You know, in our world today, we see a lot of stagnation in our world today. We see a lot of retrogression in the lives of many today in various aspects of their lives. 
Yet God's command over us is for us to multiply and for us to be fruitful. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that it is important for you to be fruitful because it is what God ordained for you. It is what God ordained for us when he created uh, human beings. God expects or God wants you to be fruitful because he has put within us the ability, the seed, you know, the capacity for us to reproduce. So what are the causes of barrenness? Number one, barrenness is like a slight feedback killing. Barrenness, number one, the cause of barrenness is sometimes the Lord allows it to take place. As much as he has commanded that we should be fruitful, sometimes he allows barrenness to take place in our lives. The Lord can allow it to happen in your life. The Lord can allow it to take place in your life for a reason and for a season. Oh, you didn't get what I said. The Lord can allow barrenness to happen in our lives or to take place in our lives for a reason and for a season. He allows it so that he may develop something in us. He allows barrenness for him to accomplish his purpose over our lives. Sometimes he allows barrenness so that he may demonstrate his power over our lives. Romans chapter 8 verse 28, the Bible says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. It says all things. That includes bad things. All things work together. All things work together. So he can allow barrenness to work together for your good. Talk to me, somebody. He, he, he can allow it for a reason and for a season. Because there is a purpose that he wants to fulfill in your life. Can we go a little bit deeper? You know the story of Hannah, the wife of Elkanah? She didn't have a child, yet her co-wife was fertile. Penina was a factory of babies. And she, she was just giving birth. She was just conceiving effortlessly. Yet Hannah was struggling to have children. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, For the Lord had closed the womb of Hannah. So that means the devil was not involved in this. It is the Lord who had closed the womb of Hannah. So God was involved, but it was for a reason. And it was for a season. Because all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Can we go a little bit deeper? Genesis chapter 20, verse 18. The Bible says the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech. He closed the womb of the house of Abimelech. Nobody in his house was productive. And the reason why he did this is because Abimelech had taken Abraham's wife, Sarah. You know, and so because of this, God decided to close their womb so that they may understand that marriage needs to be honored. They may understand that you're not supposed to touch somebody's wife. 
for those of you who have very thin, picky fingers. Yeah? You're not supposed to touch somebody's wife. You're not supposed to touch somebody's husband. Your womb will be closed. You will not be productive. Hey, it's like I've stepped on a live wire. You will find yourself struggling. Things are not working in your life because you have stolen somebody. You have not honored marriage. You have overstepped. You have crossed the line. And that's what God did. When this man took Abraham's wife, God decided to close the wombs of everyone that belonged to the house of Abimelech. So the cats were not having babies. The dogs were not having babies. The mosquitoes in his house were not multiplying. The daughters who were married were not getting babies. The guys who were walking, going to the fields to work, there was nothing that was coming forth because God had closed their wombs. In Genesis chapter 30 verse 1 to 2, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister and said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. Hey, these were serious. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel. And he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? So Jacob recognized that it was God who had closed her womb. So sometimes God can allow barrenness for a reason and for a season for him to be able to accomplish his will and his purpose over your life. Sometimes God allows it so that he may demonstrate his power. Hallelujah. Because it is temporal. All these cases that I've mentioned, God turned their barrenness around. For Hannah, God gave him a prophet by the name Samuel, isn't it? Yes. For Sarah, God gave uh, Sarah who? Isaac. I mean, all these cases, God turned their lives around. Even Abimelech's house the wombs were opened when he turned towards God in repentance. So God can allow it for a reason, and God can allow it for a season. So how you respond to God will determine if your situation will change or it will remain permanent. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. How you respond to God in the midst of barrenness, or this type of barrenness will determine if your situation will be temporal or it will be permanent. Hannah's response was, response was excellent. Abimelech's response was excellent. So how you respond to God in the midst of that kind of you know, situation will determine if your barrenness will be permanent or if it will be seasonal. Amen. I pray that if you're experiencing any form of barrenness that God has allowed, I pray that God will give you the wisdom to respond to it positively so that he may turn it around. Can I hear louder? Amen. Because I want you to know in you there is the seed of reproduction. In you there is the ability to reproduce. So the way you respond, the way you respond, and when I talk about response, I'm talking about, it's, it's, it's another message by itself. 
The way you respond to it, if you're going to be bitter, if you're going to be angry, if you're going to compromise, if you're going to cut corners, I'm telling you, you might make that situation permanent in your life. But if you turn around and turn to God and run to God like Hannah did, you know, and pray to God like Abimelech did, how you respond to it will determine if you'll stay in that situation or that situation will be turned around by God. Secondly, is natural causes. Barrenness sometimes is caused by natural causes due to defects in the reproductive system. Sometimes when your system has not developed very well, and when I talk about reproductive system, it's both male and female. Because when we talk about barrenness, we place a lot of burden on the women. And sometimes the woman is okay, very fertile. It's the man who has a problem. It's Murufe who has a problem. <laughs> He's running instead of working, isn't it? Judges chapter 13, verse 2 to 3, the Bible says, Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. So the wife was barren. There was something in her reproductive system that did not support conception. So she couldn't get children. Genesis 11, 29 to 30. Then Abraham and Nahor, Nahor rather, took wives. Nahor was the brother of Abraham. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. There was something in her system that did not, there was a, there was a defect, rather, in her digestive, not digestive, reproductive system that could not support conception. So it's a natural cause. Sometimes the way that thing is forming. You know, one time I was talking to a guy and he was explaining to me how mysterious even conception is. It is so mysterious that they don't even understand that the, the man can be healthy, the woman can be healthy, and it's not just happening. It's a very mysterious thing. You know, how that thing is released, it goes, and then the egg comes, and then they meet somewhere, and then they become happy. Please, don't behave as if you don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. And so sometimes there is a problem inside there that, short, uh, that can short-circuit that process. And it doesn't happen the way it's supposed, you know, to happen. You understand? Yeah. Sometimes even the guys who are running, they, they don't have momentum. Even before they start running, they are, they are, they are tired. <laughs> yeah? They don't have the tail. You know the tail for swimming? They don't have it. That's why gynas recommend you take vitamin C. Because vitamin C strengthens the tail. <laughs> Please. If your neighbor is not laughing, they are very spiritual. 
their mind is focused on things above, isn't it? But I'm trying to express what you understand my message this morning. It's, it's, it's a mystery. Tell you neighbor, it's a mystery. It's, 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 it's a mystery. Yeah, it's, it's a serious mystery. You know, that sometimes as a lady you think you're fine, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay. You look at yourself, you're okay, you're fine. You think you're fine. Actually, you look fine. Then when you get married, you realize you're not fine. You go for checkup, they tell you, hey, are you a woman or a man? Because when they look at you, there are certain things that are missing. Ask somebody next to you, are you fine? <laughs> Some of you are not asking, why? <laughs> but look, even in that situation, our God is a miracle worker. Yes. I, 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 remember, the presence of God is also creative. It can create something out of nothing. You understand what I'm saying? But you see, when that process is interfered with, or rather, the, the development of your reproductive system is interfered with, it causes those problems. And sometimes, can I go deeper? Hmm? Will you handle deep, please? Can I go deeper? Sometimes, it is our own making. Because people have secrets. And they don't tell you what they did. I thought you said I go deeper. They don't tell you what they did. Yeah? They didn't tell you. They didn't tell you. They just get married to you. They hope you will never discover. Yeah, but in another life, they did something that interfered with their reproductive system. John chapter 5, verse 3. At the pool of Bethesda, the Bible says, lay a great multitude of impotent folk. So it's not only ladies we are talking about here, even men. This place was full of men who were impotent. Men who could not sire children. Men who had guys without tail. <laughs> Tailors' heads. This worship team side is very quiet. <laughs> they are thinking about the song to sing after the message. <laughs> so this can interfere and it can cause barrenness in our lives. Amen. Let me give a piece of advice to any lady here. If you get pregnant and you're not married, please keep the baby. Keep the baby. Don't kill the baby. Don't remove the baby. It can have future implications that you will not even like. Keep the baby. Amen. Number three, 
Another cause of barrenness is a curse. It can be a curse. The presence of a curse can also lead to barrenness. You know, people play around with curses and they don't know how deadly and how effective curses are. I even hear Christians make some very reckless statements. Oh, we are redeemed from the curse of the Lord. And when you look at their lives, they are breaking every commandment. I mean, you can't break commandments of God and just say, I am redeemed from every curse of the law. You, you're not tithing and then you say, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. It's, it's, it will not work. It will not work. If, if, if you're not a tither, the curse will come. The curse will come. If you go against the commandments of God, there are consequences. Yes, read Deuteronomy chapter 28. You know, there are people who say, oh, that is the Old Testament, but it's still in the Bible. The Ten Commandments are still effective. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. They are still effective. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So before you quote, we have been redeemed from the curses of the Lord, check on your obedience to God's command. If your obedience is complete, the Bible says, then you can judge disobedience. So a curse comes or can be in operation where the commandments of God have been broken. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. The Bible says, Then the men of the city, that is Jericho, say to Elisha, Please notice, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad, and the ground is barren. Something mysterious was in the ground. The water was bad, the ground was barren. So can you imagine how difficult it was to survive in that city? Because the, the, the soil is where we get our food from, isn't it? And water is life as well, isn't it? And so there was a problem in this city and they were asking if Elisha could be able to help to sort out this problem. Now, if I may take you back, Jericho was a city that Joshua conquered or captured then, after capturing that city, he invoked a curse in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 26. He said, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with its firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up its gates. He invoked a curse on anyone that was going to rebuild the city of Jericho. But there was a man who tried to do it during the reign of King Ahab. His name is uh, Hail of Bethel. He tried to rebuild Jericho. And when he laid the foundation of the city, he lost his firstborn son, Abiram. And when he set up the gates, he lost his youngest son, uh, Segub. That is in 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 34. So there was a sacrifice, there was blood that was spilled on this ground. The foundation of the city was the blood of Abiram and Segub. The blood of these two young men was in the ground. And that's why the ground was barren. You see, never joke with the blood of a human being. For an animal, you can play around with it. But for a human being, don't play with it. That's why God said, you know, it's among the Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. 
The moment the ground receives the blood of a human being, something around that area changes. When, when Cain rose against Abel and killed him, the Bible says his blood was crying from the ground. Something changes when the blood of a human being touches the ground. That ground never remains the same again. All this confusion, all this pain, all these diseases, all this mayhem that we see in our world today is because the blood of humans is being spilled on the ground. And that blood will always cry for revenge. That's why you should not murder. You know, I was, I was doing a study of some of the soldiers who have been involved in a lot of wars. They have killed people. Most of them, they end up losing their minds. In some countries, I'll not mention, if you go there, you realize most of them are the ones on the streets begging. They have lost their minds. The thing was too much in their heads until they couldn't even handle it. Even the people who accidentally kill people, they don't rest easy. They always desire that something may happen to them so they feel like they have paid for the death of the person they killed. So the blood of a human being is, is, is serious. That's why God says, don't touch it. Don't murder. Don't kill anyone. Amen. Even if it's a baby, don't kill that baby. That's a human being. Let that baby live. If you don't want that baby, raise the baby and take the baby to a children's home. And you continue with your life. But don't kill. The blood of a human being is serious. So there was a curse on this ground. And Elisha had to take his position as a prophet to be able to break the curse that was in Jericho. Number four, another reason why people become barren is neglecting God's house. When we neglect God's house, we become barren. Haggai chapter 1 verse 7 to 11. Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1 verse 7. That says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Look at your neighbor, tell them, consider your ways. Then he says, go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9, you looked for much. You're struggling. You're a hustler. You're out there working. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Verse 10, therefore the heavens, look at that, the heavens above you withhold the dew. It's not raining anymore. And the earth withholds its fruit. Anything you put to the ground doesn't sprout out. For I call for a drought on the land and on the mountains and on the grain and on the new wine and on oil and whatever the ground brings forth on men, livestock, and all the labor of your hands. Look at that. For I call for a drought. That's barrenness. On the land and the mountains and on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, even on man, 
impotence and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. No matter what you do, it will never yield fruit for you. And the reason why he was telling them this is because they had neglected his house. When we neglect God's house, this will be the picture of our lives. There will be drought. There will be no harvest. We will struggle. That's why I can't wait for next year. We're going to start building. I believe with all my heart. We thank God for this level. Tell you number, we thank God for this level. I, I believe with all my heart. This is my conviction. If we remain in this tent, there is a certain level of prosperity we'll never see. You didn't hear what I said. Let me say it again. The, the tent is beautiful. Tell you never, it's beautiful, please. Yeah. You guys, the tent is beautiful. Isn't it? But there is a certain level of prosperity and increase we will never see if we remain in this tent. We have to break out of this tent and build God a house where he will take pleasure in and then you will see fruitfulness on another level. Can I hear an amen? amen? Are you in somebody? Are you in? Are you in? Are you in? Can I hear? Can I hear you? Are you in? Are you in? Oh, yes. Number five. Another cause. I'm still building my message. For barrenness is despising God's servants. Is despising God's servants. Any man of God that God has placed over your life, you should never despise them. If you despise them, it leads to barrenness. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 20 to 23, David is from a revival meeting. And it was such a powerful revival meeting. And as a king, he had rallied the entire nation to come and receive the Ark of the Covenant, you know, and bring it back to its resting place. And he was dancing and celebrating. And you know, David was not on the streets as a king. He was on the streets as God's servant. Then David returned. When he was done with the revival meeting, he has blessed people. The Ark has rested in its place. Now he is going home. Kumbe, what is kumbe in English? <laughs> His wife did not come for the service. His wife did not attend the revival meeting. So when he returned home, he met the wife. Verse 20, let's read. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today! And covering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the best fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. It's very easy to judge when you're standing aloof. Look at the judgment she passed on David. That David was trying to dance and throw his clothes so that he can be able to be attractive to the uh, young ladies who are in the revival meeting as well. Somebody say mercy. Verse 20, 
One. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. Verse 22. And I will be even more undignified than this. And I will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maid servants of whom you have mentioned, by them I will be held in honor. They will honor me more because they know that I am honoring God. I'm not doing this to seduce them. I'm not doing this to entice them. I'm doing this to honor God. Verse 23. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Simply because she despised a man who was honoring God. She despised a man who was serving God. So you have to be careful when you're dealing with men of God. Be very, very careful. Before you open your mouth, catch yourself. Tell your neighbor, catch, 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 catch yourself. Yeah, because sometimes you might be criticized. You know, when you're not in a meeting, when you're not in a meeting, you know, one time we were watching a service with one of my sons. He's not here. He left the church. And I was showing him a miracle. He was carrying me in his car. He was taking me, I think, home. So he's not here. I can, I can tell you the story. I showed him the miracle. A man of God was performing a miracle. And me, I was very captivated in the car. I was like, wow, look, I also want to do this. Then he started saying, ah, this one is stage manager. I said, I said how can you say it is stage manager and you're not even in the service? And he, he couldn't even say, I was so excited to see what the man of God was. The man of God was raising the dead. And I was very happy. And I was telling him, look, 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 look. Yeah, look, the guy has resurrected. And he started criticizing, saying, no, 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 this is stage money. And in my heart, I was saying, Lord, also anoint me. Anoint me, Lord. So that I can also raise the dead. Me, I also want to raise the dead. Yeah, I can't just be burying members. One time I should go and say, today we're not having a funeral service. Today we are having a resurrection service. Oh, yes! But he criticized. So I'm telling you, if you're not in a meeting, catch yourself. Why are you saying stage manager? Why, did, did, are you the one who killed him? So, so, so if you are the one who killed, you did not kill him properly. So be careful before you criticize. Amen? Be very careful before you do what? Yeah. One time I was watching another preacher in this country. He had crowds. I was like, oh my goodness, Lord. Hi, can I have such a crowd? Me, those things really move me. Because I don't care what you say. You who think you are very balanced. Why don't you go here at Jambush and see if we can fill that field with people, with your balance? Not even that. Your CMG has how many people? 
Tell your neighbor, with your balance, with your balance. So I don't say many things. Me, I admire. I say, oh Lord, give me this as well. Yes, give me this. Lord, I want to have a crusade like this. I mean, the guy was saying, praise the Lord. Then he waits for the amen. The man goes, hey. You, you are a man. How long does it last? So before you criticize, catch yourself. Amen? Because you might become like Michal. She was at the window when David is there dancing and jumping and praising God and she despised him in her heart. And she waited for David. Instead of saying, my king, welcome. Porridge, juice, tea, ugali, Chapati, she started criticizing him. And she died without children. So be careful. So ladies and gentlemen, why am I bringing all these different scenarios? It's to show you how powerful the presence of God is. The same David that was being criticized, he was in the presence of God. He got children. Mikael was not in the presence of God. She did not get children. So the presence of God is so powerful. The same Hannah that we talked about, she got children. And I want to show you how she was able to get children. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 12. Hannah goes to the presence of God. She's barren, remember? She doesn't have children. Penina is getting children, but she goes into the presence of God yearly with her husband, gives offerings faithfully unto God, dwells in God's presence faithfully. In verse 12, the Bible says, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord. She was praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? But you put your wine away from you. But Anna answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Verse 16, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. This was not the only time she was praying. She kept on going to God's house consistently despite her condition. Then verse 17, then Eli answered and said, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Verse 19, then, she arose, then they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Look at that. They are just in the presence of God. And returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. That part is very important. 
This was not Elkanah's effort. This was the Lord's remembrance. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying in this house. It, it was not about Elkanah. It was not about Hannah. This was God being involved in their situation simply because Hannah had been in the presence of God. And so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived. She conceived because the Lord remembered her. She became pregnant and bore a son because the Lord remembered her. And called his name Samuel, saying, because, she even knew where the boy came from, because I have asked for him from the Lord. The Lord remembered her because she dwelt in his presence. Hannah could have been bitter. She could have said, oh God, I've served you all my life. I keep on coming to church and look at Penina. She has a nasty, rotten attitude. She keeps on mocking me. She keeps on calling me names. I don't think, God, you're powerful. I think, God, you're forgotten about me. No, 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 no. She was focused. She knew what she wanted and she knew where to find it. And that was in the presence of God. She kept on coming into the presence of God. She dwelt in the presence of God. She worshipped in the presence of God. She prayed in the presence of God. She was constantly in God's presence. Because sometimes you don't know when God will visit you. And that's why you have just to keep on coming. Even when nothing happens, you come again the following week. Even if you don't hear God's confirmation about your situation, you come again because you never know when God is going to speak to your situation. She constantly came until God remembered her. Woo, glory to God. I prophesy as you keep on coming to God's presence, may he remember you. May God remember somebody in this house today and may he grant you a miracle in the name of Jesus. I don't know how long it has taken for you to see fruitfulness in your life, but let me tell you, in his presence, you can be remembered. In his presence, you will be remembered. May Jehovah God remember you in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout a louder, amen. Give somebody a high five and tell them, the Lord will remember me. 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 Oh yes, he will remember your diligence. He will remember you coming into his house consistently. That's what God did for Hannah. The Bible says God remembered her. And she knew that this child comes from the Lord. Let me give you a last example, then we pray. Luke chapter 1. Oh, Glory. I feel the word. Luke chapter 1 verse 5. Luke chapter 1 verse 5. Another lady by the name Elizabeth. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. Now, these two were both 
righteous before God. That's what I'm telling you. There are some things you can't even really understand. I mean, people are serving God, but they have issues. Huh? People are serving God, but have what? Serious issues. They are barren. The head does not have the tail. But they are serving God. Look, these guys were righteous. Righteous. They were both righteous before God. When the Bible calls you righteous, you are righteous indeed. Because many people think, oh, when something bad is happening in somebody's life, I think there's sin in their life. Sometimes it's not even sin. God allows it. Because of something that he wants to accomplish. It's for a reason. And it's for a season. They were both righteous before God, working in, working in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord and blameless. Pure people. Holy people, righteous people, people who love God, people who are sold out to God, and they were working for God, yet there was barrenness. But, verse 7, but, that's why you can see how merciful God is. Huh? That some of you, you are wicked and you got a child. In your wickedness. You ate the forbidden fruit. And you got a child. That's how merciful God is. You are pretending as if I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you. These guys were right. I mean this thing really hit me. Righteous, serving God, kept all the ordinances of God, blameless. Yet, verse 7, but they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years. And Elizabeth's husband was a very good man. He decided, my wife, you're not getting children. I'm not going for uh, a second wife. I'll stick by you. What a man. Are those men here? Eh? I'm looking for them. Are they here? Eh? Where? Which side? Left or right? I'm trying to check, but I can't. Hey! <laughs> He's stuck by Elizabeth. That is Zacharias. And now they are old, given up on the dream of having children, but still serving God. They are not bitter. They are not angry. Zacharias did not backslide. He is still serving God. So it was while he was serving, oh my Lord, my God. While he was, that's why I told you how you respond to it determines if the situation will be permanent or it will be temporal. 
Some of you here, you, you are struggling. You, you're really struggling. You're really, you're re even you, you know you're struggling. But you're not in the house of God. You're not in the house of, and you know you're struggling. Your marriage is struggling. Your business is struggling. Your relationship is struggling. And you're not in the house of God. You show up when you want to show up. You come when it is convenient for you. And you are struggling. If I were you, I'll change. Because it gets to a place. Look, where Zacharias reached and Elizabeth, they knew this thing. Only God can solve it. We are old. We are old. Give me the scripture. We are old. We are old. Go back. We are old, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well, well, well advanced in years. Old. That means it was practically impossible. Biologically impossible. Scientifically impossible for them to get children. What else? Romantically maybe impossible. Physically impossible. Ah, the tower had fallen. But they kept on coming in the presence of God. Presence of God. Kept on coming in the presence of God. And while, I love that phrase, and while, my goodness, look at your neighbor, give them five and tell them I'm changing, man. And, 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 and while he was serving, while he was serving on Tuesday prayer service, while he was serving on Friday, while he was serving on Sunday, as a priest before God in the order of his division, something happened. Verse 9. While he was in the presence of God, according to the custom of the priesthood, his Lord fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Verse 10. He and the whole multitude of the people. Look, he's inside serving. Pastor Ngure. And he has intercessors who are out and they're praying. Praying. Outside, at the hour of incense. So this guy is practically being surrounded by the presence of God. You, you are struggling and your friends are gossipers. Those are your friends, gossipers. When you meet is gossip. After gossip, after gossip. Those are your friends. Those are your people. The people you hang out with. And you are struggling. You are barren. How will you make it? How will you come out of that situation? Huh? Even some of your friends are telling you, leave that man. Leave him. If he can't give you children, leave him. We can show you a man who can give you children. We know a guy. He's a bouncer. He has muscles. He has a six-pack. Oh, that guy will kill you. Amen. 
side is very quiet. Are we together? Bad friends. And you don't understand that some of the things you're going through, God is involved. Is involved. Because that is the only way he can teach you how to pray. That is the only way he can teach you how to serve him. Because everybody here, you have your own lessons. Me, I have mine. Everybody, you have your own lessons. Yes. And there is a path that God has ordained for you. Some of you, that is the path. And the way you are behaving, you are turning something that was supposed to be seasonal to become permanent. Help me. Let's finish this. If you can say amen, just say mm. <laughs> Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him while he was doing what? Did he appear when they were gossiping? At Java? Gossiping men? Gossiping women? Huh? Were they at Java? Gossiping women? Gossiping their husbands? Gossiping their wives? No! He appeared to them. He appeared to him rather while he was serving and standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now, keep going. And when Zachariah saw him, a Jew, what are you doing there? He was troubled. Mercy. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias. Huh. Oh, Lord. Zacharias, Pastor Dennis, has been praying for a child all these years. And he thought God had forgotten him. He started praying when he was young. When there was hope. Then he grew old. Advanced in years. But he was still praying. And he never allowed the situation to break his heart to a point where he stopped serving. When an angel appears and the first thing the angel tells him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer. Because every time you've been coming to the presence of God to serve him, but there's a prayer in your heart. Your prayer, Zacharias, is heard. I came to tell somebody here that God answers prayer. Yeah. Yes, it is. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. It doesn't matter how long it will take. God answers prayer. said, and your wife. The angel is very specific because he knows what Zacharias needs. Ah, your wife will bear you a son and you shall call him. 
you shall call his name John. He even gives him the name. All these prayers you have praying all your life. Zacharias, I have come to tell you that God is answering the prayer. I prophesy over somebody who has been in the presence of God for years. May God answer your prayer. I say may God answer your prayer. All these years, he was praying while serving. Then God comes and says, look, your wife, the barrenness, the barrenness that was plaguing your family for years. Today, I'm turning it around. Hmm? Can we finish this story? Stand, I'm finished. Let's just finish, I'll show you something. And you will have joy. Hedabashata. <laughs> You will have joy. Receive joy this morning. For all the pain, all the frustration, all the shame that you have gone through, receive joy in the name of Jesus. And gladness. And then and many will rejoice at his birth. The angel begins to prophesy about John. Wow. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall not drink wine or strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Ladies and gentlemen, there are children and there are children. Huh? There are children who are, oh, oops. Oh, oops. I, I skipped. Skipped what? Oops. I missed. And then there are children. Who are from? Oh God, remember me. I am here. I'm crying for a baby, for a child. Give me a son. Give me a daughter. I'm in your presence. I'm crying out to you. I poured out my soul. I poured out my heart. I poured out my soul. Remember me, Lord. Bless me. Those two children are different. Those are different. You'll be filled. And that prophecy was fulfilled when Elizabeth and Mary met something. Yes. The baby was filled with the Holy Ghost in the mother's womb. scripture. We need to finish. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Verse 17. He will also go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah. Now if this is what, if this is your child that God is talking about, how will you feel? Huh? How will you feel? Because some of you, you get children. Yes, you look at the child. You're like, oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, you've come, eh? Okay, welcome. He'll be too many petitions here. 
My chips in the Mekula. Anyway, you're welcome. That's it. But this one is serious. Even the, my goodness, even the destiny of the child is already in place. What the child is supposed to do is already in place. You, do you even know what your children are supposed to do? Do you? Because most of you, it's an oops moment. Oops. Billion askia. CGLW. Am I, is it hot in here? Is it hot? <laughs> is it me alone? I'm feeling, is it? Is it? <laughs> but this one is special. Because somebody was in the presence of God. It's in the presence, serving. And the prophecy continues. Oh, man. Sure. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Verse 18. And Zacharias, that's where I was trying to get to. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man. I'm an old man. Angel, there are things we stopped doing, Bana. We are old, Bana. We are old. We left these things to Pastor Steve, Pastor Renson. These days, we live like brother and sister, yeah, taking care of each other, reminding each other of the medicines to take. <laughs> yeah. Did you take your vitamin E? Oh, yes, I did. Okay. Are you okay? <laughs> yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. We are, we are old. But the angel said something that was very powerful. Look at the next verse. And the angels answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the... Oh my goodness. So whatever I'm telling you, it is not from me. It is from the presence. This is not my mind. It's not my idea. Whatever I'm telling you, Zechariah, is from the presence of God. Because that's where I stand. As I was in the presence of God, I had a conversation. God was having a conversation. He was saying, Jesus, Holy Ghost, what do you think? What do you think of Zechariah? I think it's time for him to have a baby. Yeah. It's been long overdue. It's time for us to visit him. 
Because he's been serving me. He's always been in my presence. He's never been bitter because I've delayed to give him a child. I think this is the time. Gabriel! Come. We have a message. Go with this message from our presence and take it to the man who is always in our presence. That's why he said, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this glad tidings. Ladies and gentlemen, you want to conquer barrenness? You have to be in the presence of God. You know, sometimes when we tell some of you, oh, come to church, come for service, whatever, you think, you think the pastor just wants to have the, the place full. No. It's for you to be in the presence of God. Because tell your neighbor, neighbor, to be honest, you have a lot of problems. Tell your neighbor, it's, it's true, you have a lot of problems. And you have so many challenges you're dealing with. That's why you need to be in the presence of God. All the time. You need to be in the presence of God because there are situations unless God intervenes. It was supposed to be seasonal. It will become permanent. It was supposed to be short-lived. But because of your misbehavior, because of your rebellious attitude, it becomes a permanent situation in your life. Challenge you. Love the presence. Stay in the presence. Dwell in the presence. Live in the presence. My goodness. Stem 30, I can't believe it. Lift up your hands for a minute. Father, that's our desire. We shall be like Zechariah. We shall dwell in your presence. We shall serve in your presence. Mm. Help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Master. To be in your presence. To stay in your presence. To dwell in your presence. To revel in your presence. We shall be like Zacharias. Who stayed in your presence, Lord. Yes, Lord. We shall be found serving in the house. We shall be found dwelling in the house. We shall be found serving in the house. Because your presence... Your presence, your presence, your presence, your presence is our desire. Your presence is our goal. Your presence is our everything. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone here that we shall desire your presence like never before. We shall desire to dwell in your presence like never before. We shall be like Zacharias. 
we shall be like Hannah who kept on coming in your presence and we know oh God that every form of barrenness will be reversed in our lives in the name of Jesus Father I declare over any barrenness represented here may it be reversed in the name of Jesus turn that barrenness around to the glory and honor of your name I pray for children in every childless couple in the name of Jesus. I pray for fruitfulness in the marketplace. I pray for fruitfulness financially in the name of Jesus. I pray for increase. I pray for growth. I pray for multiplication. I pray, oh God, that none of us shall remain barren. May your presence bring the dew of heaven to water our garden in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. Raise your hands. Receive the presence. Receive the glory. Let the presence of God be smeared all over your life. Yes. Plug into that presence right now. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. I wish I had time to minister to you. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, oh God. Oh, yes. Let the presence of God activate fruitfulness. Activate fruitfulness right now. Activate fruitfulness in your life right now. Increase in your life right now. In the name of Jesus. Let the presence of God turn your captivity around. In the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, reverse every enigma. Resolve any parable in the lives of your people. Let your presence resolve mysteries. Let your presence turn around any form of barrenness in their lives right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's bless his holy name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.